listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. Hey guys, this is Mikey Puckett with Seven River Student Ministry. You're listening to episode five, Because He Loved Me. I'm excited about the story that you guys are about to hear because it comes from one of our pastors here at Seven Rivers Church. His name is Stephen Speaks, and maybe some of you guys know his son, Paul Speaks, and maybe you went to school with him or you've seen him at youth group. Paul is a seventh grader here at Seven River Student Ministry, and his dad is one of our pastors. They just recently moved here from Mississippi and Stephen Speaks uh, used to be an RUF pastor at Clemson University, and now he's here in Citrus County uh, beginning the process of planning a church in the villages. And so it's an honor and a privilege to get to hear from him, and I'm excited that you guys get to hear from him. And, and the thing that Stephen is going to be sharing about is his conversion story, uh, where Jesus has encountered him and met him, and how God led him to himself. And so some of you guys listening to this are Christians, and you have a story like this of how Jesus captured your heart. And maybe some of you guys listening have never encountered Jesus, and you wonder if God's even real. And that's okay, and I want you to know that it's okay that you're listening to this podcast um, and and that you haven't had that experience yet. And, and, And so I hope, and one of my hopes is that as you listen to this, maybe you'll be able to hear for the first time and maybe connect for the first time of maybe the light bulb goes off and you say, oh yeah, Jesus has been working in my life. Because as a Christian, I believe that God is is on the move and he is working in your life, even right now. And the fact that you're listening to this, I don't think is a mistake. I think it's planned. And and what are the odds that right now in this moment, you, a non-Christian, would be hearing this podcast? So if you're listening, uh, just give it a listen and see uh, what happens and see what is spoken into your heart. So, Stephen, we're so thankful for you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for opening up. Right now, uh, in this moment, with the pandemic spreading throughout our country, there's no greater question to ask than, what happens to me after I die? Where would I go? Where's my comfort? Where's my peace? Who's my savior? These are the questions that are only answered in Jesus. So my prayer as we go forward is that you hear Stephen's story and you realize that Jesus is your savior, even in a moment like this.
Hearing the stories of how people come to faith is one of my favorite privileges in ministry. Over 25 years of ministry, I've heard lots of stories about how people came to faith. One young man that I knew when I did campus ministry was led to faith by his older brother when they were kids, sitting on the swings one afternoon. The older brother just shared his faith with his younger brother, and by the end, they were both on their knees praying for this young man to give his heart to Jesus. An older man that I know was led to faith by his commanding officer while he was in the military. A young woman that I know was led to faith while she was the president of the Atheist Student Alliance on her college campus. It happened when she actually got to know some real Christians and she experienced being loved and accepted by them and having them then intelligently explain the claims of Christ to her. She found them compelling, and she came to believe in Jesus. Every Christian has a story. Here's mine. I grew up in a family of big people. It was a football family. My oldest brother back in the day was 6'7", 295 pounds. He was a lineman at a, at a university in South Carolina. Another brother played quarterback in college, and another played lineman in college. And at 6'4", 185 pounds, I was the runt of the family. I was a, a beanpole compared to the rest of them. I didn't even like football. I didn't have the size or the speed or the aggression to be any good at it. I just wasn't a good fit for football. And I felt that I wasn't a good fit for my family. I, I, di I didn't know where I fit. I didn't feel that I measured up to the standards for full acceptance in my family. I was just sort of on the sidelines of football and of my family. I wasn't on the team, and I wondered if I mattered or if I was loved. And so I pursued other interests that my brothers didn't have time to pursue. We grew up going to church. My parents started attending just before I was born, and so I knew all the Bible stories, and I knew about felt-bored Jesus and felt-bored Noah and felt-bored John the Baptist, and uh, I thought I was a Christian because I knew all of these stories, but I really wasn't. You see, the church in which I was raised uh, was very moralistic, and Jesus was just a part of being a good moral person. Do not murder, do not steal, be a Christian. It was about being moral in the South at that point. And Christianity, in the way we heard it from the pulpit, was really more about what uh, we did for God than God does for us. And so becoming a, the message from the pulpit felt like they were saying, become a Christian or else. Be good now that you're a Christian or else. And it was the or else that scared all of us. In fact, Jesus was really used more as a motivator for good behavior. His death made us feel guilty for being bad little boys and bad little girls so that we would be good little boys and good little girls to show Jesus how much we loved him. But I got involved with the youth group, and I went to a conference with our youth group. And it was your typical kind of youth group conference where there were trust falls and group competitions and speakers and late-night pranks. But this particular conference was one that was life-changing for me. One night we were, I was outside, we were sitting in the bleachers for where the tennis courts were, and a man was preaching about Jesus. 
And it was different than what I had heard about Jesus. Because he was very clear that Christianity was not about what we do for Jesus. It's about what Jesus has done for us. You see, what we think we're doing for Jesus could never make us right with God. It's like Monopoly money. It will, with Monopoly money, you can buy hotels in the board game, but it won't buy you a pack of gum in the real world. And it's the same with God. What you do in the world before other people may win their applause and may open doors for you in life, but it won't get you anywhere with God because of sin. But because of His great love, God sent His Son to accomplish what we could never accomplish. Jesus took on the debt for my sin. He paid it with His own life. And all of my debts are now fully and completely paid and forgiven. And He did it because He loved me. Jesus gave Himself for me. Jesus gave Himself to me. And that sunk into my soul. And it changed me. I remember an illustration that the preacher used that night. He said, imagine you're walking down the middle of the road, a car is zooming right for you, and you're completely unaware. Jesus, knowing what would happen to him, steps into the middle of the road, pushing you out of the way, knowing that getting you to safety would cost him his life. And he did it because he loved you. And when he said that, all of a sudden, I experienced a deep internal change in my affections and my trust in Jesus. I realized really two two big things that happened, two big things that happened because of these realizations. I realized that the Christian life isn't about what we do for Jesus or how much we love Jesus. It's coming to a deep trust in what he has done for us because of how much he loves us. Jesus wasn't one to make me feel guilty. But he is one that has made me feel free because he loves me and he has paid my debt. And the second thing was this. I now knew where I fit. I knew who I was. I may not have felt like I fit in my family, but I knew now that I fit in his. He loves me. My heavenly Father loves me. That is my identity. And there's nothing I have to do to secure that because He has secured that for me in Jesus. That's where I fit. That's my identity. That's where I belong. That's who I am as I live my life in the world. So I went home after that conference completely changed. After that, I was, I was in my home church, alive spiritually, but I was spiritually malnourished because of that moralistic message being preached at my church on Sundays. But in college, I got involved with a group that was really proclaiming the gospel of grace. And because I had real faith, it was a time of great transformation. That was a, that, so college was a great time of growth too. But I cherished that day 36 years ago when Jesus met me at a Christian camp. Little me, little Stephen, loving me, caring for me, and s- s- screaming into my soul, I love Stephen Speaks. What is your story? It's not boring. It's a story maybe of how God loved you and came to you precisely as you needed to hear. Maybe your story of how you came to meet Jesus is still in process. While you're at home, we're all quarantined, we're locked up. Maybe you feel a little bit bored. Maybe you feel like you don't know what you could do. 
take this as an opportunity to explore, to meet Jesus, to take some time to pray. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Ask him to whisper into your soul. Ask him to scream into your heart that you may know him if you don't. He loves people just like you and gives grace to the humble seeker without finding fault. 25 years of ministry, I've learned that every Christian has a story, a story in which we're not the hero, but Jesus is the hero. But we are the recipients of his great love and his great grace. So you just heard Stephen's story of how Jesus captured his heart. And some of you listening for the first time are hearing about Jesus and realizing in your own heart that you want to know him. You want to follow him. But you feel maybe too dirty, uh, unclean. Um, You feel like there's no way that God could possibly love you because you've done so many things that you wish he didn't do and you have regrets. And I want you to know that it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus, like Stephen shared. Your love, because Jesus died for your sins. And so if that's you right now, then I just want to encourage you to confess to God, just by simply speaking out loud, maybe right now in this moment, saying, Father, Father God, I've done things I wish I hadn't done. I've said things I wish I hadn't said. I've hurt people, and I've hurt myself. I need Jesus to save me from my sins, to save me from death. Will you forgive me, Father? God says in in his word, in the Bible, that if you're faithful to confess your sins, then you are forgiven. And that if you're in Jesus, there's now no more condemnation. There's no more judgment for you. In a moment like this, where a pandemic is spreading. It's scary. Questions of life and death are in the air and we're seeing people die every day. And one day, we all are going to die. Do you have Jesus? Do you know him? Do you follow him? This is the most important thing that you can have in your life, is Jesus, especially in a moment like this. He's our only hope. He's our only hope in a time like this. If you would like to talk to someone, you can always reach out to us at srsm at sevenrivers.org. Send us an email and say, I would like to know more and have a conversation about Jesus. You are loved and you matter. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more stories follow our devotions, you can go to www.sevenrivers.org backslash by life or by death. You are loved and you matter.